Welcome to Theology on the Go, a brief interview podcast from placefortruth.org. Place for Truth is a website of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals, which we'd encourage you to visit. After the podcast, listen for details on how you can receive free resources from the Alliance. My guest today is Professor Bruce Gordon. Dr. Gordon is Titus Street Professor of Ecclesiastical History at Yale Divinity School. He's written numerous books and articles. His most recent book is entitled Shaping the Bible and the Reformation, Books, Scholars, and Their Readers in the 16th Century. And he also authored a wonderful biography of John Calvin, published in 2009 by Yale University Press, entitled Calvin. He's been kind enough to spend a few minutes today talking to us on the topic of church history and more specifically, why study church history. So, Dr. Gordon, thank you very much for your time. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. I want to begin with a little bit of a personal question. Why did you begin to study church history, or what was it that made you interested in this in this field? Well, I grew up in, I think, what you would call uh, a fairly liberal Protestant church in, in, in Canada, and uh, although it, it had a, a series of very fine preachers, uh, I learned very little about the tradition of the church, and I didn't actually know that it was something you did learn about uh, until I went to university and uh, began to study Luther and, 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 and Calvin. I was introduced to the Reformation and the theological tradition, Augustine, and, and suddenly uh, uh, it, it occurred to me that there was something I really was missing from my own background in understanding where it had come from and what the Reformation was, and uh, that stayed with me, and I have to say, uh, shaped my interest through, through university, and then when I went to graduate uh, school, I, I really wanted to explore where my tradition had come from. So I had really studied medieval and early uh, Christian history um, as ways of understanding how the Reformation had come about. So that's what I, that took me to my uh, doctoral studies, and it's really been a consuming passion ever since. How did the Reformation come about, and where are we today in relationship to what took place in the past? Now, your, your teaching is is primarily in a university setting, yes. uh, but but it sounds to me like the study of church history also was deeply personal for you. So what do you see as the benefits for for non-academics, maybe just the person in the pew, in studying the history of the church? I think I, I do quite a lot of uh, educational classes and programs for people who are in, in churches. And what never ceases to uh, surprise me and to delight me are the ways in which they discover that the issues that they're facing, whether issues of faith, uh, questions about the church, about the relationship between our faith and church and society, uh, once they are exposed to the past, they realize these are not new. Uh, or the questions of, of, of wrestling with uh, 
Christian doctrine. These are not new. Now, of course, people in the past lived in very different circumstances and had very different mental and spiritual worlds, but yet most of the things that are happening in the church are not new, uh, but are manifestations of very old and very pressing uh, questions. Uh, and, and so suddenly the exploration of the past is to find things that are really important to ourselves and how people uh, discussed them, debated them, uh, helps us to, to to think about who we are and to realize that who we are is very much uh, a product of uh, where we have come from, who are the people that went before us, who are the men and women who, who, who made it possible for us to be where we are. Uh, in doing that, we learn a great deal about ourselves. Like Calvin says, it's like holding up a, a mirror. Uh, and, and we see that ourselves are really not very uh, cannot we can't make much sense of them unless we know uh, the people who who brought us to that point just as we would know that about our own families it's true about our our, our Christian lives uh, as well so the past lives with us and we must live with the past and the only way we can do that is is learning about that past and thinking about it in our present now, are there particular insights that you have in mind when, when you describe that, that realization that people have as, as you teach them? Are, are, there, are there particular debates that, that you think are, are especially relevant or, or particular lessons that, that we need to relearn or, or, or particular contexts that we're unaware of but we still exist in? Uh, are, are, there, are there any specific things you're thinking of? Well, things that, that come to mind uh, immediately that, that in, in talking to people are questions they have about what's the meaning of church? What, what, what is it to be uh, a church? And what is it to be a church in a society that is hostile to the faith and hostile to the church? Well, the, you know, our, we have that in spades in our own age, but we're not the first ones to have experienced that. And questions of, of you know, relating to the sacraments. What do they mean? Why are they important uh, for us? Why, why do I have to believe a certain thing about them? And again, the wider question of, of doctrine within the church. What, what does it mean to, to learn a catechism? What does it mean to, to hear particular interpretations of, of uh, scripture? Uh, what authority is there to, to tell us what something should mean? These are very old questions, but they're questions that are very alive in the churches that, uh, that I uh, visit. People are asking all sorts of questions that, that uh, uh, have been debated for hundreds of, of years and I think have a particular resonance in our, our own time. So to talk about them historically is to help people engage with things that uh, they're experiencing very much uh, today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that brings up, in my mind, too, the question of pastoral training. Many of our mm -hmm. listeners, I know, are pastors. Uh, mm -hmm. do, do, you, do you think, it sounds like you do, but do, do you think that um, pastors need to be trained and, 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 and they need to be educated in, in the history of, of the church? Should this be part of their training and preparation? Yes, I think absolutely. Not in terms of learning dates and, 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 and facts and figures and things you do tests on. I think real engagement with the past is learning from its wisdom, learning from its uh, mistakes, understanding, I think, why people believed what they did and why they did uh, the things that they did. For us to do that, we have to step outside ourselves and step outside our modern assumptions to 
engage with people who lived in a different time. Yet, as I've said before, the questions and issues with which they are wrestling are very familiar in our own time. So the wisdom of the reformers, for instance, in, in questions of pastoral care, of, of dealing with crisis situations, are, remain, remain entirely relevant to our own day. Um, my friend Carl Truman has finished a book on, on Luther on pastoral care, which will be a wonderful resource for, for people to realize that somebody living in the 16th century who was dealing with people who had lost a son or a daughter or a baby or who had suffered some other terrible uh, affliction, uh, that Luther had words of comfort and wisdom and, and uh, uh, solace uh, in ways that we can learn a great deal from and help us to think about how we engage with those amongst us who need our pastoral uh, care. So yes, uh, the, the past is an enormous uh, uh, resource uh, for us in the present, and uh, we shouldn't look down on it. I'm glad you brought up the Reformation. I, w- I wanted to ask you about that. What, are there particular insights of the Reformation that are important for us to grapple with today? You mentioned pastoral care and how mm-hmm. that was dealt with. Are, are there are there any other specific things? I, I think that, that a lot of our listeners would be interested in in your work on the Reformation and your understanding Mm -hmm. of why that's particularly important today? Mm -hmm. Well, I think think the Reformation brought us many things, but perhaps the most important was that we stand before and immediately before our God, not through any mediated way of of, of church or, or or priesthood, that we have an immediate relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And that is, uh, I think, above all, the message of the Reformers. And that's what they sought to bring back to the church, the immediacy of God's presence in the world, the centrality of Christ and our relationship uh, with Christ, and Christ as the Savior of us and of humanity. These are the issues that the Reformation put to the front, the centrality of the Bible as the Word of God. This is an inheritance that we have today and we have to uh, hold on to, so that when I teach about the Reformation, I talk about all range of different stories and events and things that have happened, but I bring my students back to those essential qualities which have transformed the church and continue to be what transforms us as we lead you know, the lives of faithfulness and witness uh, to the gospel. So I think the Reformation is, is, is a strong reminder of that is what uh, our faith is, is about, and it takes it back to the, the absolute essentials. Now, now, suppose I'm listening to this, and now I'm convinced that, that church history is important for my life as a believer or important to my work as a pastor. Uh, wh- where do I begin? Where, where, where should someone begin if they, if they feel like they really don't have a great grasp of church history? Do you have any recommended resources or any favorite texts to read as a starting point? Uh, there's been some really wonderful books in the last uh, few years. It's an interesting thing that although you know the churches continue to suffer in the broader picture in in, in our society, interest in 
religion and in Christianity broadly is is still very strong uh, in 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 the wider public, and there are some very good books that I think uh, are a wonderful starting point to learning about church history. The first one is Dermot McCulloch's History of Christianity. It's a rather slightly uh, intimidatingly large book, mm-hmm. but it but it reads beautifully and it's extremely accessible, and you and it's done in in small chapters, so you can read it piece by piece and, and at your own pace, but you'll find no uh, no finer guide uh, to the history of Christianity. Very, very balanced, insightful, full of wonderful stories from the past. Uh, just makes you want to read more when you uh, when you encounter it. The other one I would I would recommend is a fairly r- r- recent book by a man named Robert Wilkin, and it's called Christianity: The First Thousand Years. And uh, it takes you really, as it suggests, through Christianity from the beginning to the early uh, medieval period. And it gives a wonderful uh, evocation of the world of of the early Christians, how the church shaped uh, itself, how doctrine came to be uh, understood, the various controversies, martyrdom. Uh, It's it's passionately written and beautifully told, and and I would recommend that. I, I, I have a big smile on my face because those are two of my favorite books, too. Uh, <laughs> the Wilkin book I gave away to many people for Christmas over the uh, past couple of years. Yeah. One last question. Um, sure. I wondered if you could give me a little pitch for studying Calvin. I know you've done a lot of work on John Calvin. A lot of our listeners are interested in Calvin. Mm-hmm. So tell me, in your opinion, what insights does he bring to bear? Why should I read or study John Calvin today? You will find, I think, uh, no greater author in the sense of a person who can tell the compelling story of Christianity. As an interpreter of scripture, he brings it to life, and he does something that very few authors can do, and that is that he puts you into the biblical narrative. He makes you feel and understand and know, actually, that, that the story, uh, as it runs from through Exodus through the early Christians, is your story, and that you are part of it, that living in 2015, uh, it is, you are living the life of faith and of history. And John Calvin is, is the person who has, has had this wonderful grasp of how Christians living in their time are part of the biblical narrative. And that biblical narrative is the narrative of a great and big God, a God who saves, a God who never abandons his people, a God who can be trusted. The Institutes of the Christian Religion, Calvin's great book, some people think, oh, it's about predestination, it's about this, it's about that. If you listen to Calvin's words, it's about the uh, the sure promises of God in Jesus Christ. That's what he says. If we don't have that, we have, we have nothing. And what Calvin was able to do in his own time and is able to do in our time is to tell us that we have a God who never leaves us, who we can depend on, who loves us and will guide us. And that is a story that whether you were a French refugee in the 16th century or living in our time, wherever around the world, and one of the wonderful things I've been able to do is study Calvinism all across the world from from Africa to Asia to North America. And you find the same thing, that people feel Calvin speaks to them directly to reassure, to inspire, and to tell them a story from the Bible that they can see their own lives mirrored in. So that's what I would say. 
Well, thank you, Professor Gordon. It's been a delight to speak with you today. I appreciate the time you've taken and all the best in your continued work on behalf of the study of church history. It was a great pleasure, Jonathan. Thank you. You've been listening to Theology on the Go, a podcast of placefortruth.org. Place for Truth wishes to be thoughtful and accessible and is based on the conviction that the gains of the Protestant Reformation retain their potency and ought to be maintained for the health of Christ's Church. Theology on the Go is a production of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Our ministries include placefortruth.org, the Bible Study Hour with James Montgomery Boyce, and events such as the Philadelphia Conference on Reformed Theology and various Reformation societies. To learn more about the Alliance, visit alliancenet.org or call 800-488-1888. Just for listening, we'd like to equip you with free resources. Visit placefortruth.org to find a link to those resources. And listen next time to Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth.